You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan, and Dick Sessler from Camp Blue Skies. Now, this is going to be a really awesome podcast, so get ready to have your heart warmed. You know, our next guest on the Brand Builders Podcast, understand what it's like to be a parent uh, with a special needs child who is all grown up. It's a definitely a different challenge and a difficult challenge. But Dick is the founder of Camp Blue Skies, which is a five-day, four-night camp for adults over the age of 21 with special needs. His mission was created from seeing his own son, who is now in his 30s, need the same kind of social interaction and skills building as many young children with special needs have and that they need. Um, but with fewer services available, there wasn't something out there that specifically focused on this um, type of, of, of age group, but also people that have those special needs and to bring them together and really create something that, that will give them an experience and help them throughout life. So I can't wait to learn about this. Um, I know Dick's excited to talk about this. So thank you so much and welcome to thank the Brand you. Butters Podcast. Happy to be here. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Dick. And so necessity is truly the mother of invention. Tell us about Camp Blue Skies and how it came about, Dick. So uh, my observation of when my son turned 21 was that everything goes away of social services, opportunity to meet other people um, when you age out of our school system, if you have a developmental disability. So I thought it would be really terrific if we could create a place where these adults with Down syndrome or autism could come together uh, for a week of recreation, socialization, Part of our mission is life skills activities, so we talk about nutrition and exercise. And then to be with friends for a week, um, I thought would be really pretty neat. So our business model is to rent camps in their off-season. Every good camp is full from June 1st to August 15th, but empty in the spring and the fall. So uh, we go to um, camps and say we'd like to bring 65 to 70 campers, 50 volunteers, 20 programmers. And so we'll feed 150 people at a camp uh, for uh, four, uh, five days at a place that otherwise would be empty. I love it. Now, I want to back up um, to really the beginning of the story. I have a 10-month-old baby boy, almost 11 months. Mm -hmm. And I know that whole process of, of becoming a dad, it's crazy. It's amazing, right? Um, I want to know how that whole journey happened, you know, how you found out that, that your son would have those needs. And then what were those first 21 years like? And then really, obviously, you became passionate about creating something that was more. Right. But I want to hear from you about what it was like to, to find out. Um, and then what did you do to plan and really give the best life that you could for your children? So our son is... Um, 38 years old now. He has Williams syndrome, which is a rare genetic disorder. Um, different than today, he was undiagnosed for the first three years of his life. So within, I don't know, three to, f three to six months, we knew that he was on a different track, but we didn't know what. And went around to doctors around the country, some of the top people, um, and uh, undiagnosed. And then one day, uh, uh, my wife Betsy was in with his pediatric uh, cardiologist, and he um, said, I think I've seen a picture of somebody that looks like Brent. That's our son. Pulls a book down off the shelf and uh, open it up, and it, it, it looked exactly like Brent. 
and it was Williams syndrome. So from that point, we knew what we were we we were dealing with, and there was a, a fair amount of research, and uh, uh, certainly no national organization. Uh, but uh, fast forward. Uh, the Williams Syndrome Association is a national organization now with lots of regional uh, offices. Um, the uh, uh, a blood test at birth will tell you uh, if if you have this disorder because you're uh, missing some chromosomes. Uh, our journey then started with once we had the diagnosis, then uh, how do you deal with certain things? He he had an eating disorder. He had a, a slight heart murmur. That's how he was really diagnosed, that he grew, sort of grew out of that. But then you just search around uh, for places, schools, uh, starting with an early developmental center that dealt with um, uh, uh, young people with developmental disabilities. And then that carried over into a special school. Uh, we were living in Dallas at the time. It's called the Notre Dame School. Um, and then we moved here when he was a rising freshman, uh, moved to Charlotte, uh, and searched around for a school similar to the Notre Dame school in Dallas, and there was none here. There's since been one that I can talk about, the Phillips Academy. Uh, but we searched around, and, and, and we ended up uh, with Brent in the special program at Myers Park High School. Uh, principal there was Lloyd Wimberly. He was very dedicated to the special uh, uh, education, and he turned out to have a fabulous experience there. That's awesome. Got the Citizen of the Year Award his senior year and uh, took it from there. And then from there, he went on to a, a school in Birmingham, a post-secondary, non-degreed school for adults, and they were transitioning from living at home to living independently. And what's your son's name? Son's name is Brent. Brent. Brent Sessler. So Brent Sessler. Now, this is kind of interesting. You were in real estate. And so that happened kind of before founding Camp Blue Skies. And to be honest, just listening to that story, it seems like you, it must have been frustrating, right? Like you moved to a new city. Oh, there's no school right. here. And it seems like you kind of helped create um, an opportunity for your son. Whereas some parents might not, you know, be as as uh, as studious or as adventurous to try to find this and find an opportunity. So where did it come into like, hey, we're going to go and we're going to create a camp? And was this something that Brent also was like, dad, this would be really cool. And for him to be a part of that, like a father son thing, I'm just really, I don't know, being a new dad, I'm yeah. like, it's like exciting, you know? <laughs> well, um, he certainly was the inspiration. And um, I, had, I had come to camps uh, in North Carolina gr growing up in Ohio. So I liked camp. I was a camp person. Uh, and I had observed him, Brent, when he went off to places uh, with other um, young adults that had disabilities similar to his. And he just related to them really well. Uh, so I thought uh, that would be terrific. Um, I also observed that when he was away and in a fun, safe place, he was actually really good at home. You know, Betsy, my wife and I, had respite. And so I thought, gosh, if we could find a place where these campers could go for four or five days, the parents get a whole week of respite. And for a lot of them, they're 24-7 uh, with their camper. And uh, I, I'll, the, as much as the campers look for the week off, so do the, uh, so do the caregivers. It's really cool. I bet. Um, do you have other children? No. So, so Brent's, Brent's the man. 
partly because he was undiagnosed for three years. So Interesting. We didn't, yeah. You know, we just didn't know what we had. Interesting. So tell us a little bit about, let's jump back into, into Camp Blue Skies. Um, there has to be a lot of planning going into this. <laughs> yeah. And and obviously you have the idea, but then it's time to implement that. Yeah. So tell us about how you went from idea stage into having your first week of camp. So um, had a, had the idea, um, did uh, uh, a needs assessment. All my friends said, if you're going to embark on this, you better make sure it's a good idea. I kind of knew it was, but we wanted to find out how deep the, the, the need was. And it turns out there are 110,000 adults just in North Carolina that wow. would have qualified to be campers. 110,000. Wow. So then my next step, being a real estate guy, I wanted to go out and buy a camp. <laughs> and uh, I uh, um, uh, was working on that. It was a struggle. It was expensive. And I ended up at a camp in Florida, a special needs camp there called Boggy Creek. And it was February. Weather was fabulous. I'm in shorts and a golf shirt. And I'm walking around with the, uh, uh, the camp director. And I said, I don't see any campers here. Where you know, this, this weather's gorgeous. And she said, "Oh, the campers just—they uh, just come during the summer." And I said, "Well, isn't that hot? Oh, it's miserable, and the bugs, and we have to stay inside the whole time. But that's when the campers can come." So I said, "You mean I could rent your camp?" She said, "We'd love it." I had this epiphany, so I raced back home and uh, started to put the word out, and uh, ended up uh, meeting. Uh, with the YMCA, uh, the Charlotte YMCA, who has two camps, one Camp Thunderbird south of town and one newer camp uh, called Camp Harrison, and uh, went up to Camp Harrison. Uh, it was perfect. I said, can we come and rent, uh, rent the whole facility for a week in October? And here we are uh, 10 years later. So with the curriculum of the week, how does that look and was that specifically designed because of what you knew Brent needed? Yeah. So we, we designed the week with activities that uh, were a blend of uh, outdoor recreation, um, some indoor uh, arts and crafts, um, some emphasis on nutrition. So we have one of our activities, um, we originally called it nutrition, but that didn't sell. So we call it fun with food. <laughs> <laughs> but the emphasis there is healthy eating. Uh, so smoothies and salads and what uh, foods have more sugar or less sugar. And then uh, I thought exercise was also important. Uh, again, this is a population that isn't necessarily exposed to those opportunities. So we have a uh, one of our activities we call Balance Your Body. It was created by um, a fellow named Jim Guimond, who is a personal trainer. Uh, and he brings in uh, large yoga balls uh, for our campers. And we'll have an activity group with 20 campers. And they're bouncing on the ball and throwing around and getting some exercise. And then and we thought it was important uh, to provide opportunities where campers could stretch. Uh, um and try things that they hadn't tried before. And whether or not that's, frankly, just fishing, you know, just getting out on this wonderful lake to the zip line, to the giant swing, to the high ropes course. And uh, we, we sort of have a philosophy of challenge by choice. So you don't have to do it, but if you want to, 
um, you can you can embark on something. Whether or not it's just taking three steps up a ladder, which is a big a big deal, and you have a lot of encouragement from all the uh, all the campers uh, with you. It's it's pretty neat. I love it. Now, how, what what year are we on right now? Um, coming into camp, and uh, did you ever imagine it would grow to to where it is now? And I and I bet you have even more ideas and moving forward and right. where you want to take it. So I'll give the same answer that uh, somebody asked Del Curry the other day. He said, did you ever think that you were, he goes, nope, I never thought. And it's the same thing. I, I, we had no idea when we started this camp what it would grow to, uh, which has grown now to uh, four week-long sessions, two in North Carolina, two in uh, Georgia. And uh, we're in the mixed of, uh, midst of uh, putting together a weekend camp. Uh, and that that evolved because uh, the camps fill up immediately, you know, within a day or two wow. of announcing when the applications open, we end up with a waiting list. How many kids have you guys had go through the camp and, and the program to, to date? You know, I, I don't have an answer to that. It's um, it, um, each year we serve 250. Um, a uh, high, high percentage come back every year um, because um, there's no uh, ho- top end of uh, when you age out of our camp. So we have campers that are 65 and 70. I love it. But we have new campers coming in, too, who have been watching us uh, all the time. And so they age in. So um, we're challenged with uh, more, uh, 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 more campers than we have beds. And what about, you know, the counselors? Obviously, a program like this is, is, is not free. It costs money. Yeah. Um, how do you go about not only attracting the right people that want to work in that camp to create that experience, but also is there any opportunity for somebody that maybe can't afford that to be able to go? And, and are you teaming up with different you know, organizations or sponsors from that perspective? Right. So I know there's a couple, couple tiers couple, to that question. Yeah, couple yeah. questions. So the starting point is um, we've assembled uh, a Camp Blue Skies senior team uh, that uh, help out with each of the elements uh, of camp. Uh, we have a volunteer coordinator because all of our counselors are volunteers, and we'll talk about that. Uh, we have uh, uh, a medical services director who uh, finds the nurses, finds the doctor, um, uh, trains the nurses. Uh, we actually work with uh, a pharmacy uh, schools in North Carolina and Georgia because on opening day when the campers come with their caregivers, Everybody brings a, a whole set of meds, and we have to bring the meds in and document them and then be able to administer them uh, during the whole week, and you can't miss a minute. Yeah. Uh, and so the pharmacy students come in, which is great for them, great practical training. Um, then we have a, uh, a volunteer coordinator, um, uh, medical services, programming, a programming director. Uh, we have a logistics uh, person because there's un- a massive amount of paperwork and online uh, registration and we we screen every camper who comes in. So we have a team of nine people that are part of that. Then uh, at camp, uh, we have uh, volunteers. So every cabin, we'll have 10 cabins, uh, six campers in each cabin, maybe seven, and three, three volunteers uh, from the community in each cabin. Uh, and then we also have uh, um, around and in the cabins 
uh, professionals, people who uh, we call them HEPs, ha has experience uh, with the population. Uh, our volunteers come from the community, um, all ages, uh, and kind of at the end of the day, the volunteers are as inspirational to us as the campers and, and, the, and what it means to them to spend a week uh, with our campers. So volunteers make it happen economically. Nevertheless, it still um, costs us more per camper than what they pay. The campers pay around $350, $360 for the week. Uh, our expenses are $1,400 to $1,500. So it requires us to um, raise money f from the community um, and from grants from certain foundations. How do you go about doing that? I know you have your annual cornhole tournament. Yep. It seems to do pretty well from a fundraising standpoint. Yep. And and what else? Like, how else yep. are you engaging the community? So, on, we, on so we have three signature events. One is the cornhole event that's coming up in April. Uh, and all this information is on our website, campblueskies.org. Uh, the second is uh, the March Madness fundraiser. So uh, uh, that opens up in a, in a couple of weeks where you could go into Camp Blue Skies website donate, um, I think, a minimum of $25. And then that registers you to be part of the Camp Blue Skies uh, Bracket March Madness uh, Tournament. And we have some great prizes. And uh, that's a lot of fun. Um, uh, and then in the, uh, in the fall, we have a fishing tournament up at uh, Camp Harrison. Very cool. And I'm then, not sure I was aware of that one. Yeah, that one's uh, that one's <laughs> Scott kind of fun. is intrigued. Yeah, I know everyone. that. <laughs> Good. I just sold. Yeah. I just sold, I just sold a boat. <laughs> I'm I'm intrigued in the March Madness. I'm like, this is cool. I'll, you know what uh, it I'll is? Definitely partake. March March yeah. Madness is really neat. That's awesome. And then we have, uh, of course, in, uh, uh, some corporate do donors, uh, some terrific foundations, the Levine uh, Foundation among among them, uh, Domtar, which is uh, a corporate sponsor, big company uh, based down in South Carolina. Um, and then we have uh, a, 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 an annual solicitation at the end of the year. Love it, man! This must feel great. Like <laughs> yeah. you, you've worked really, really hard, and and I I met you I think in the beginning, the very beginning, and and uh, it's been really, really cool to see it grow. What after all these years and where you are now, what would be your your favorite thing that's happened with you and Brent? Like, I'm sure he offers feedback, looks forward to camp. Yeah. Um, what, what, what still gets you really excited about it? So they call Brent the mayor. <laughs> yes. And I know That's Brent great. as well. He's awesome. I see him around. That's he, great. I think I saw him in Jersey Mike's last. Right. Awesome. <laughs> the he mayor. Is, nice. He is a lot of fun. Uh, he has this incredible ability to spot a room full of 150 people and find the one new person who came in that day to volunteer. And he's beelines to that person and uh, just he's a great greeter. That's awesome. And tell yeah. us, so with with this group, does Brent, I'm guessing he goes to he, every year, he goes to the camp. Um, what are some of the cool stories that, that and maybe even the relationships that have been formed? Because it seems to me like you're kind of building this own community and every year they go back and then they start to formulate, you know, being best friends and yep. then and, and they could come from all over. Um, what are some of the stories or maybe one of your most favorite stories? So a couple of fun stories. One, um, opening day is really fun because the campers have been looking forward to this one. A couple of caregivers have told us that two things they look forward to all year is Christmas and Camp Blue Skies. 
That's and just, that is awesome. And to see these campers come in and see their friends from the past is just so exciting. Um, uh, that's particularly good. Um, a couple, uh, the, some of the stories about the uh, caregivers uh, are fun. We had one, uh, uh, one mother wrote, uh, wrote me after camp and said, thank you. Thank you. That, uh, that time off we had, it was frankly the first time in 23 years that my husband and I had spent three day, three nights alone. My goodness. Wow. I told that to my board and uh, one of my board members said, well, I'll bet that camper comes back next year. <laughs> <laughs> Can we make camp two weeks? <laughs> do, you, do you get like get grandfathered in? If I go one year, yeah. do I get first dibs <laughs> the next year? Yeah. They, actually, we let, we let people know ahead of time. That's really neat. Yeah. And we had one camper who was kind of, I don't know, a little grumpy when he came to camp and it took him a couple of days to warm up and he gained a lot of confidence and his social skills got better. And three months later, uh, his caregiver uh, called us and told us that he secured his first job. That's awesome. Wow. And do you guys like a lot of stuff in camp? I mean, I love going to camp. I'm an Eagle Scout and I loved like Boy Scout camp was awesome. And the whole week and you got to meet people from all over. This is obviously a little bit different, but do you guys also kind of teach the life skills of saying like, Hey, this is how we can get you back into the community, but also how you can get your first job. And, or is that sort of something that maybe gets in the confidence? And then when they get back into their, their network or into their group, they, they, they kind of feel like, well, I can do this. Tell me like, is, is that kind of, the programmers are more like, let's just build up the confidence because if they're confident and they go back, they're going to put that to use. That's exactly uh, our goal. Uh, and we actually survey our campers and more importantly, their caregivers. Uh, and one of our questions we ask, um, uh, help us think through the camper before camp and after camp and, and what kind of uh, skills or confidence have come out of camp. And so we measure that. And uh, it's measurable. They, I always say that the, the camper that comes the first day is a different person by the fifth day. I bet. And with you, you mentioned this, and I think this is really cool, that you guys charge 350 roughly, um, and your expenses are way more than that, over 1400 plus. Obviously, that costs money. And so for people that are listening to this podcast, what do you need from the community, from corporations obviously volunteers, obviously money, but what are some things that you need that our community can support you as you continue to grow this to different states, to your weekend camps, uh, and really continue to provide this platform for, for children that, that need a little bit of confidence here and there and, and get an opportunity to, to mix and mingle with people that are just like them. And, right. and that's really neat. So starting point is volunteers. Um, uh, that is our biggest need and the thing that restricts us from allowing more campers to come to camp. So a volunteer can be someone who comes uh, for the whole week, uh, no training necessarily. We do all the training, no need to be uh, familiar with the population. Again, we have professionals that are helping out. Um, so if you can come all week, it's really meaningful. And to spend time in the cabin with the campers is, is incomparable. Second, you could be a day volunteer. So you could say, I can't do the whole week, but I'd like to get up early in the morning, drive up to Camp uh, Harrison and uh, uh, spend the day, uh, maybe spend one night. Uh, that's really meaningful. I say that because if you come one day, you're going to come for a week the next time. The next time. So volunteers, 
Second, um, people in the programming world. If you want to uh, come help out with uh, uh, an arts and crafts project or something specific around nutrition, you might be able to help us build a program that uh, we could uh, have at camp. Um, so programming or nature walk or anything like that. Uh, and then, and then uh, the financial support, either through one of our events, um, uh, we mentioned March Madness, uh, come to the Cornhole Tournament, uh, that's in April, uh, probably at Triple C uh, Brewery. All this is on our website. And then finally, just uh, basic donations. There's a button you can donate at camp. And then uh, from a corporate standpoint, we have uh, a handful of companies who um, uh, have four or five or six of their employees come up to camp for the day. And um, that's pretty neat to see. Well, I, I, I love hearing about this. I, I want to, you know, do even more research on it. I was familiar with it, but I'm so uh, excited to hear more about it. And, and hopefully people that are listening to this can, can feel passionate about it and support in one of those aspects. Um, before we do leave, I, I do want to know uh, the best way for people to get in touch with you. If they do want to learn about volunteering the programming world from some of financial aspects, or if it's a corporation that wants to send a couple of volunteers per day, right. what's the best way to get in touch with you? So the best way, um, first of all, to find out what we do and how we do is our website, just camp blue skies, S K I E S dot O R G. Um, and you can contact us through that. You can also contact me, um, uh, and my email is dick at campblueskies.org. Those are the two easiest ways. We'd love to hear from anybody. Excellent. Thank you so much. It's I'm outstanding. Yeah, Scott's, Scott's going to a fishing tournament I'm for in, sure. I'm inspired. We <laughs> I need am, to man. do more. It is. And I haven't gotten the chance to meet Brent yet, but I can't wait uh, to meet him. Uh, the mayor, which the mayor. is so cool. Um, but, you know, on behalf of, of me and Scott and everybody that's listening to this, thank you for, for doing what you did. Thank you for doing this for all the kids that need that support. Um, I really think this is just the beginning and hopefully more people will get involved. And, and as a father of a son, I, I, I respect the hell out of you. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you. I really appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Thank you, Dick. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.